I'm Hannah Trum, and this is the Hypocritical Podcast. Almost overnight, the pandemic changed telehealth and how our most vulnerable populations receive the medical care they desperately need. As many Americans start to take care of their aging parents at home or through an elder care center, they find navigating the complicated world of HIPAA and the American healthcare system to be confusing, expensive, and daunting. On today's episode, Popbox founder CEO Hawala Grevy interviews Bonnie Castengay, president of Hulk LA Health, and the effects COVID-19 has on in-home care, the positive changes telehealth has brought to her clients and their families, and how easy Popbox has made HIPAA compliance for her company. Let's take a listen. How's that, everyone? Welcome back to Hypocritical by Powbox. I'm Hoalik Grevy. I'm the founder and CEO of Powbox, and it's been several months since I've been on the pod. Today, I'm speaking with Bonnie Castengay, co-founder of Ho'okele. I last saw Bonnie at the Pacific Club here in Honolulu, where we caught up over an open-air lunch. I asked her if she wanted to be a guest on Hypocritical, and here we are. So let's get started. Bonnie. Yes, thank welcome you. To, welcome to Hypocritical. Bonnie, can you give us some background on yourselves and your company's focus? Yes. Hall Kelly started in 2006. Uh, my business partner is Duane Langcon, and uh, we both were executives at Hawaii Pacific Health. And um, there are two reasons. One is she and, I, she and I always have worked together on projects, and we said, wouldn't it be nice to start a business and maybe not work in corporate America anymore? <laughs> One, two, um, as leaders in with HPH, we oversaw four hospitals. And with that, we saw the difficulties family faced as they were moving or transitioning from an acute care facility back into the community, uh, particularly for the seniors. Um, so that's what the genesis of our business uh, plan was. And so we developed that in 2006. The first offering we came out with was called Ho'okele Navigation. And what that was, was we took that name because um, of um, the old time navigators who came between, like Ho'okelea, uh, the navigators used the stars and the wind and the currents to guide themselves from island to island. And so we took that name in order to... Um, say that we would help individuals navigate the, the complex healthcare system. And that's what we started off with. Um, and later we, uh, in 2010, had the opportunity to open up a home care agency. So we started in Oahu in 2010, and we provide in-home um, services with nurse aides, um, both companion level and personal care level. And uh, we are licensed uh, for that since 2019. And um, we opened up an uh, Maui uh, home care agency in 2016. We had an opportunity for that. So uh, we had the opportunity to open up a home care agency on Maui in 2016. And early in our business career, we found that we needed uh, a way to gather all of our information consistently as we hired more staff. So uh, we thought we would go out and find a software to use, and there was none. So two women thought, well, how hard could it be? And so we decided to build our own and took us till 2015 to get a product <laughs> and a lot of angel funds and investments. But uh, we're there. So we have technology. 
as well as as a backbone uh, to our um, businesses. So all of us use that as our electronic record keeping and also a repository for our um, for our documents. And that company is called iHealth. Is that correct? It's called iHealth Home. What's it like operating in-home care services on two islands? Ah, that's a challenge. You know, we can't. You, you deal with cultures as well. So Maui was running as the home care agency for, I'd say, two years before um, we took over, and so they had their way. So it took a few years for us to systematize the processes across both Oahu and Maui. So we'd have the same systems. Um, of course, they're using our own platform, which is called CNS, um, the iHealth Home platform. And we have a COO there who's an RN who runs it. And they're excellent. And we have one um, admin and scheduler who, and the two of them just rock. <laughs> they run the entire business. Uh, what we needed to do was just have consistency in, in systems. And then now, um, as we have a little bit more staff on Oahu, we're able to now assist them with certain functions so that we're not duplicating. And so the HR systems like recruiting, hiring, and then orientation are now done um, by an individual for both islands. And so we're hoping to systematize even more and maybe having some scheduling um, so help them with some scheduling issues. And staffing is always a problem, especially after COVID. You know, we're finding that there's more of an outbound of, of our, our residents to the mainland now. Um, they can't afford it. They need, you know, more jobs or they're joining families on the mainland. I think in Hawaii, I don't know, it's, I think it's projected about 30% of an outbound movement. And we're, of course, seeing it within the um, population of caregivers. How else has the pandemic affected your business? So um, when the shutdown came in, came about in Hawaii, on Oahu, I think we went through sort of like a um, grieving process of leaving our offices because you're so acclimated to that. And it was just closing down and bringing files home, you know, and going, well, how is this going to work? You know, do we work? use Microsoft Teams or do we use Zoom? So we've, you know, started to use Zoom. And as the months went by, um, we're quite acclimated to it. And even if, you know, I usually write the policies as far as, you know, any health, uh, medical issues, because I'm the RN. And, um, you know, I would allow it to open at this point in time safely, um, as long as we have the appropriate barriers. But most of our admin staff have decided mm, Zoom virtual is okay. So most of us will go in once or twice a week, like myself, or for a meeting, um, but not more than five in a meeting. So that's that. For the business itself, actually, it built. Um, we had the, the, the need did not decrease. In fact, it increased because many families did not want to place one their family member's into a home at any point in time or nursing facility during this COVID. And many of them are bringing them home uh, just basically yeah. because of the outbreaks in nursing facilities, you know? Um, so they felt safer to bring their families home. Um, and then at that time, hotel workers, of course our hotels were locked down. So there were many out of uh, jobs. And so we could, many of the hotel workers also have a background 
in caregiving, housekeeping, and all of that. So we're able to tap into to, uh, more staffing. So we're able to maintain that during the, the, the pandemic. And as things have opened up and hotels have opened up, then our staffing level, <laughs> it's, it's difficult again. So, yeah, so that's our challenge is recruitment. And I noticed you folks have a Ho'okele neighborhood care. Is, is yes. that related to what you're alluding to about the things that the happened during the pandemic? Yeah. Yes, yes. And actually, um, the genesis of that was we have been doing um, what I call very short shifts. Um, you know, normally you have a minimum in the home care industry of anywhere between two and four hours that's required. Um, and, and it's basically because you're traveling and you're, you're having a nurse aide travel and go to, you know, a home. And so we've been doing it since probably 2012 in a retirement community where we can go up and down buildings and do 30 minute shifts. And that's a scheduling challenge, but we've gotten the algorithm for that. And what we've always wanted was the ability for more seniors to have access to home care Number one. Number two is because of staffing, we thought, could we create neighborhoods or pods, regions on Oahu where we could get a car, place a nurse aide in the car, and they drive a region and provide services within that neighborhood. For the nurse aide we hired, it'd be we, we looked for a higher level and a lot of um, uh, customer service skills and initiative because they would have to be able to critically think because they're going to be managing a group of clients and they would be driving from home to home and just providing the service that's required or the task. So there were no minimums. Uh, For the nurse aide, it was a higher pay and it was a car and it was 40 hours a very attractive. So we're able to recruit quite a bit, um, a lot more into our neighborhoods. We started off with three neighborhoods. Uh, We wanted to go out west because for my navigation services or care coordination services, I found many of the west side families weren't actually wanting to spend money on home care. So they take care of their family members. And so some of them would even uh, set them up for breakfast and then go to work and come back for lunch and then feed them, give them their meds, make sure everything's okay and then go back to work. Well, it came a point where they burn out and at night, if they have dementia, they're probably up at night. So family members would say, I can't manage this anymore. And so they'd start to place and that's where I'd get involved. And I noticed that a lot of them were on the West side. So we started the services on the West side. So we started for three neighborhoods, and now we have seven. I really like the way you 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 took that opportunity and made you know a, a different revenue channel out of it. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, you know, there's no minimums. Um, in actuality, per hour it's a little higher, but when you look at it uh, on a monthly basis, it's much cheaper than the traditional. So if you don't need a lot of those hours, you don't need a nurse aide there for four hours. You just need a nurse aide there for 20 minutes to make a meal, do a shower, do a med, or do a little bit of housekeeping, that's enough. And so what you can do is start services a lot earlier with these seniors 
And so you have extra eyes in there to triage issues. And so they can stay home a lot longer. And then you have the consistency of the staff member. So you'll have, you know, you'll always see this person. And that helps a lot with individuals with dementia. It gets very confusing when they change staff. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, so you have a happier staff and um, the, the reaction we're getting from the community who have experienced neighborhood care is very, very positive. So we think it's a great innovative model that we'd like to expand here on the islands. Our next, of course, would be Maui once we're successful on Oahu and building there. Then we'll go to um, Maui, would be our next island, and, and hopefully the other islands as well. Yes. And then off to the mainland. <laughs> yeah, California's uh, largest yeah. uh, population, and it's, I think it's the closest state by distance, even though it is a far distance. Right. Now, you folks have been a Pavox customer since our early days, uh, back yes. in 2015. If you can, do you remember what your workflow was like before Pavox? Before Powbox, God, we were so worried. You know, when we started Powbox, 15, right? Um, yes. Okay, so we had the home care already, and, um, but mainly our NAV. What was happening a lot of times was we're dealing with clients, with both of those business entities uh, coming back from facilities, hospitals, rehab centers, um, nursing facilities. We still do. But at that point in time, a lot more of the communication because you couldn't do it over email and, and say a lot of things, and we knew that. So we would do a lot more calls. And then if documents had to be shared, it was by fax. I understand you folks were using code names to, to, to get around the PHI trigger. Yes, yes. And I thought that was very interesting at the time. And then as we got to get more customers, I, I would hear it uh, pretty often. And staff forgetting the code name of the patient and getting them mixed yep. up and all this, you know. Yes, you couldn't, especially if you're dealing with a volume, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and then, so can you tell us uh, more about what your workflow is now with Powbox and our HIPAA compliant email solution? Oh, gosh, so much easier. So we can communicate, you know, very confidently over Powbox. I mean, it's so transparent, you know, it's just part of our whole life right now. Uh, we share documents um, that way as well um, and feel really good about that, as well as our own technology, which is totally safe and encrypted. And we've passed all the HIPAA requirements. So, you know, we're, we're able to do um, a lot. But Powbox um, is very seamless for us. And um, the, only, the only ones were documents, you know, um, like our service agreements and things, individuals who had the um, Hawaiian Tel email, they couldn't receive Hawaiian. it. So we'd have to, yeah, the rr.hawaii.r, whatever, they couldn't receive the document. So we'd have to kind of go around that and have them download things. So there was an extra step for them, but most of the time it wasn't any issues. What do you think is the, now that we're starting to come out of this pandemic, it's mid-April, well, fingers crossed anyhow. Uh, what do you see as the future of your business? Future of our business? You know, um, I, think, I think several things have come about that I don't think will go away. Uh, one is I think we'll be a hybrid business. So that means that we'll have people who want to be in the office, 
who can be in the office. Like our scheduler has been in the office from the very beginning. And, and then she has the equipment and things that she feels are more accessible to her. And, and, and I think maybe one or two others will decide that they prefer to be in the office, but many of us will be hybrid. We'll work from home virtually and then spend some time that way. That's one. Number two is for our clients, we've had to do a lot of telehealth for myself too, with my own physicians. And I think that will, one, I'm happy for that. Um, two, it's, it's a long time coming because that's always been a possibility. However, for, for someone who's 88, 89, or 90 years old, can you imagine how much it will take for them to get out of their house with a walker, with a wheelchair, be transported to the doctor's office? Okay, and then visit the doctor and have a wait time and then come home. They are poop. They are tired. But this telehealth, you know, if you can do that, you know, so they usually do like a quarterly visit. Well, maybe you can see the doc twice, you know, so that he can really examine you, listen to you and all of that. Unless something's happening um, that you need to be seen physically, um, I think telehealth works really well. So I think I'm seeing a lot of that. Yeah, I agree with uh the, the elderly patients, especially in the rural settings, uh, which I think, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, most of the neighbor islands would be classified as rural. Oh, yeah. That Getting into that, uh, I think telehealth is a slam dunk for, for right. rural populations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in fact, you know, um, you can do remote monitoring, you know, blood pressures, O2 sets, everything can be linked in now. So that yeah. as long as everything's encrypted and safe, you know, you can pass that along as well. So, you know, many times we're, we're able to pass on some information prior to a doctor's visit, especially a telehealth visit, and they're looking at that data. Bonnie, what gets you uh, fired up in the morning? What gets you excited these days? What gets me excited? I think, I think you know, the passion is, is being able to provide great services for our clients, and that excites me. And, um, and I, still, I, I still have client base, a smaller one. I have nurses who uh, work with me, of course, for the navigation side of it, but that that's that's my passion. Yeah. And growing this business and neighborhood care. I think neighborhood care is a new way of looking at home care that, that um, can be beneficial for both sides. One, for the home care agency from staffing side, two, to provide it to more seniors and and then the seniors themselves will have more consistency in the quality um, that you look for because you have a consistent caregiver who knows you well and becomes sort of like a family friend to you. Um, and that's what we're seeing in neighborhood is, is a great name for it because it's like neighbors. I mean, we've got 10,000 Americans retiring every day, right. uh, which puts burdens on the healthcare system, which then causes more people to work in the healthcare system. And this, this neighborhood program you folks have built uh, you know, you're essentially making it more affordable for people exactly. who may not think they could afford. Because, you know, exactly. for an outsider like me, I, that's for rich folks, right? Uh, yes. Then, that's so if what you can afford, right? If you can make it for the middle class and affordable, mm-hmm. and so they're not spending three hours a day driving for exactly. lunchtime medication, you know, refill. Man, I... I I really like that. Uh, and that's really the like population that we're gearing for. See, because the poor, they have Medicaid, right? 
the, the ones yeah. who don't have the financial wherewithal, they have Medicaid. And then you have those who have the disposable income who can't afford it. So, and, and no, well, insurance. Okay. So we're going to see some changes in insurance. So Medicaid is always paid for community long-term care sort of services like home care. So has the veterans. Okay. And then long-term care insurance. Um, but what's coming up now is Medicare, and they're looking at Medicare covering some of this home and community-based services. Now, you haven't seen a lot of everybody jumping into that because they can see Pandora's box and the cost for this. So they've, they've kind of poked their finger toes in it and said, okay, well, maybe we'll do a little bit of this. But I haven't, I, I haven't seen the full growth of it. But the Medicare Advantage plans are, um, they, they have a time frame in which to go ahead and implement this type of coverage. Uh, Bonnie, any last thoughts or observations? Uh, we enjoy Powbox. <laughs> We're longtime customers, um, we- and um, we'd love to see any of your new enhancements. Bonnie, I want to thank you again for being a guest on Hypocritical. Thank you. And it's, a real, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. For more information about HIPAA compliance, telehealth, or email encryption, head to pawbox.com slash blog for articles, guides, and educational pieces to help your organization level up its cybersecurity. Mark your calendars. Our next free webinar will take place on June 2nd. Our panelists include Travis Taylor, account executive at Pawbox, and Tony Uceda Velez, CEO and founder of Versprite. They will sit down to discuss the ever-evolving threat landscape in healthcare. This webinar will be moderated by Patty Padmanabhan of Dama Consulting. If you'd like to attend, please send me an email at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at pawbox, P-A-U-B-O-X dot com, or head to pawbox.com slash webinars. Have you attended one of our Zoom social mixers? Every month, our customers and non-customers get together to share their experiences, career advice, and cybersecurity tips over a free adult beverage of their choice that's delivered to their door the day of the mixer. If you're interested in attending, please email me at hannah at pawbox.com and I will get you registered. Here's Tony Cox, CIO of Henderson Behavioral Health, answering an attendee's question, how do I demonstrate the value of Pawbox to the C-suite of my company? You know, are we lucky that our 700 users didn't click on something or can we point to Pawbox screening those things out and filtering that inbound, um, you know, the inbound security working as the reason why none of that stuff was happening? As always, you can listen to every episode of the Hypocritical Podcast on pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hypocritical Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Trum, signing out.